Before I get started with the message, I just want to share with those of you who are guests a little bit about what we do in our children's ministry. Um, the three big things that we do, first of all, are Wednesday nights, we have a program called Wednesday.Kids during the year. And in that program, what we're trying to do is provide a framework to our kids for understanding the scriptures as a whole. And we're having them memorize questions and answers that if they actually memorize them, and many of them are, not all of them, I hate to admit, but if they actually memorize those questions and answers, they're going to have a file cabinet built in their mind that's going to enable them for the rest of their lives to understand the scriptures in a coherent and meaningful way. That's what we do on Wednesday nights, and we're working hard to make that something that's going to build that framework in their mind. Sunday mornings, we have Sunday school. And hopefully all of you know what Sunday school is. It's been going on for a long time. And in Sunday school, what we seek to do is to build relationships with your kids, teach them the gospel, and help them have a foundation for knowing some of the basic things that the Scripture teaches. And then during the summer, what we've got going on is another program on Tuesdays called Lunch Bunch. And at Lunch Bunch, what we're doing from noon to 1.30 is we're alternating week to week between our first through third graders one week and our fourth through sixth graders the next week. And we're hanging out, they're bringing a sack lunch, and then we're working through our memorization questions and answers that we work on during the year on Wednesday nights. Um, if you'll come on a Wednesday night in the summer, what you're going to find is a whole lot of fun. We're going to be running this awesome 100-foot slip and slide over in my backyard, just a couple of just a couple of places down from the church. So if you'll just come, bring your kids, hang out with us. We'd love to have you and the kids both. I just want you to know kind of what we're doing with your kids. Um, that being said, you know, I was thinking as, as I was getting ready for this message that VBS is one of those times of the year that we kind of are able to get excited about church. And it doesn't take a whole lot for people to get excited about coming and decorating the stage and hanging out with the kids and doing all it's a lot of work and it takes a lot to make it happen but people get pretty excited about that but the thing is as believers and as those who are not yet believers we kind of take life and we separate it into these two categories and on the one hand we've got the things that we get to do so we've got all these things that we kind of categorize as a get to right and that's where we do our fun stuff. That's where we hang out with our family. That's where we play sports. That's where we buy ourselves things. That's where we do all the stuff that we just enjoy doing. That's where we have all the stuff that we enjoy having. We get to do those things. And then, over on the other side of our lives, we've got all these things that we've got to do. And these are things like, for some of us, work. For some of us, these are things like actually showing up at church. These are things like putting up with people who kind of get on our nerves. These are all the things that maybe we don't think of them as fun. Maybe we don't enjoy them, but we know that we've got to do them. Anybody got some got-tos in your life? Yeah, so what I want to do, I just want us to kind of think together about what some of the get-tos and got-tos in life are. So when I've I got a bunch of images here. I'm going to hold one up. When I hold it up, if you'll just yell out as loud as you can, whether it's a get to or a got to, all right? And so just as an example, I'm going to hold up my car keys, and this symbolizes driving around. Is it a get to or a got to? 
get to. Okay, so you got to see how it works, right? Awesome. So here we go. The first item, I'm going to hold this up. Can you see it? It's math. Get to or got to. I need it louder than that. Get to or got to. Got to. Okay. All right. So math is a got to. Let's just take it over here on the got to side real quick. I'm going to stick it over here where it belongs. Math is a got to. Remember, whatever you say goes tonight, guys. This is a judgment-free zone, all right? Here we go. Now, here's one. This is a hammer, and what this symbolizes is work. Like going to your job every morning at 6. Get to, got to. One, two, three. Got, okay, got to. Perfect. Take it over here. It's a got to zone. All right. Let's see. What else have we got here? Oh, here's one. It's a playground. All right. One, two, three. All right. We can, we can do it. We can take it over here to get to. It's cool. Playground. My niece, when I was home last time, I went outside to play on the swing set with my two nieces. And one of them was like on the swing set and she was just flying, right? And the other one was sitting down on the ground beside the swing set, pouting. Like, I can't swing, Uncle Ryan. I don't know how to swing. I don't know how to. Will you push me? And so, and she's like six years old. So I'm thinking, what's wrong with you? You can't swing yet, you know? And I'm like, are you sure you're kin to me, you know? So I take her and I put her in the swing. And for the next, like, 30 minutes, I am her servant. As I push her at the perfect tempo... As if I go too hard, it's Uncle Ryan, you're doing it wrong. Or if it's too soft, it's Uncle Ryan, I'm not a baby, push me harder. And then after like 30 minutes, it seems like 30 years, I'm talking her into going inside and we get inside. And I'm like, yeah, I've been a good uncle, Mom. I've been swinging Elle because she doesn't know how to swing. And my mom looks down at Elle. She says, she knows how to swing. She's been running a racket on you. And that little girl had totally been tricking me for 30 minutes. So I would swing her because she was too lazy to bend her legs and straighten them. Uh, pretty sweet, huh? All right. Here's one. Okay, here's... Maybe you guys can recognize this one without me explaining what it is. iPod. It's an iPod. Okay. Listening to your iPod. Get to or got to. One, two, three. That's right. And I'll be honest. From the, from the looks of some of y'all's heads, I'd say it's a got to for some of you. Addicted. You know, if it was an iPhone, I would have to call it a got-to if I was being real honest. Because I'm pretty attached to that little gadget, you know. But we'll call it a get-to for now. Take it over here. Peg it on the sheet. All right. So iPod is a get-to. What else have we got here? Oh, here's one. What is this? The basketball... The big UK on there. Woo, can I get a shout out for my UK fans in the house? That's right. And those of you who would like to boo, feel free right now. I'll just let you head there for that. This, this is it. I am, I am an equal opportunity preacher. Whether you love, you care, hate them, I'll let you have your say. But I'm going to stick it over here at get to just because I'm the preacher and I can do what I want with my little symbols. <laughs> All right. And it is a basketball. And it is. it does have orange on it. So maybe we can compromise, you know. Cool. So get to. All right. And I got one more. 
This is dollar dollar bill, y'all. Right? If I got it, am I holding it right? I feel like it's. I don't know. So here's the thing. What if what if this represents buying yourself stuff? Get what if it what if it represents buying somebody else stuff? What if it represents you know giving your kids money for lunch? Kind of like uh yeah whatever you know. Got we'll put we'll just call it get to because everybody whether or not we admit it we kind of enjoy having this don't we yeah take it over here to get to. All right. Now, this is where I'm going to kind of step away from preaching and maybe get a little personal with you. Here's where I want to go on the scriptures for just a second. I don't, I don't want to be tedious about this or long-winded, but I just want us to look together. Um, I want us to look in the book of Colossians. Will you turn there with me? The book of Colossians, if you've got a Bible. If you don't, that's all right. It's not going to be a big, long passage. Right, here we go. I'm going to be in chapter 3, and I'm going to start in verse, in verse 1. I'm just going to read a little bit, and I want you to kind of follow along with me. Check this out. If then you have been raised with Christ, check out, this is a big, big, big if, okay? If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. This might be, this might be the biggest if we could ever think of. If we have been raised with Christ. If. Because here's, here's the deal. What we have is a whole history of every human being who's ever lived, right? All of us. That means me. That means you guys. That means people who aren't here. That means people who lived a long time ago. People who are going to live a long time from now. Every single human being in all of history has done one thing the same. We've all chosen to love ourselves more than we love God. Every single one of us has done that. And here's, here's how we know that. We know that because when the time comes and the rubber really meets the road and it really comes down to me or God getting our way, who do we choose most often? And the answer for most of us, if we're honest, the answer for all of us is we choose ourselves. God tells us that, that we're to tell the truth at all times. And many of us tell the truth when it's convenient. God tells us that we're to love even our enemies. And the truth is that a lot of the time we love those it's easy to love. God tells us to be generous with our money. And we are generous with our money towards ourselves. God tells us all kinds of things that we need to do in order to please Him. And we'll obey them to a point until it runs up against our comfort, until it rubs up against the things that we think are important, just in our own minds. But we find it difficult to obey God when it starts 
contradicting the things that we really, really want. And kids, this is where, this is where we kind of start making excuses for ourselves. And we start saying, well, I know that I, that I sin, but it's not really that bad. And, you know, it's not really that big a deal. But the truth is this. You want to talk about awful sins. I mean, we think about things like hatred. That's an awful sin, right? We, th- we think about things like um, people who do awful things to other people, right? And that's, that's a great big sin. We think about people like dictators, rulers of countries that just treat their people horribly. That's awful, right? But if you want think about an awful sin, what about neglecting to love the one who created us with our whole heart? If we want to talk about an awful sin, don't you think that would qualify to neglect the creator of the universe in the way that we live our lives? Because many of us, even though we come to VBS and even though we go to church, and even though I'm a minister, still much of the time we live our lives to please ourselves, not to please God, if we're honest with ourselves. So here's, here's what Paul's saying. If, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. And here's why he tells us to do this. If you've been raised with Christ, that means that your earthly life really is over. And your heavenly life really has already begun. Here's what happens when you become a believer in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit of God God the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence in your heart. And what he does is he brings into your life the whole future of God. So that not only is this presence of God thing, this whole heaven thing, something in the future, but it's already starting to seep into your life. Like a whole new way of living has already started. You want to talk about end times. End times started the second you believed in Jesus Christ. Because you became a place where God's reality comes and makes itself real on earth. You became a place where the living God makes himself known to all those who come in contact with you. That is mind-boggling. It doesn't kind of freak you out a little bit. You are the place where heaven and earth come together. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you're that place. And that's why Paul says, if, if you've been raised with Christ, that's true of you. So my goodness, forget about the earthly things in you, immorality and impurity and evil desires and jealousy. Forget about that because those are the things that God's coming to destroy. Those are the things that God is making war against. Those are the things that we are designed to make war against. So put those things away. And instead, because you're new, because you're a new creature, because you've been made alive, because you've been raised with Christ, now look at the things that are in heaven. And all of a sudden what we find when we do that is that a lot of things start shifting from the got-to list over to the get-to list. It's just the way it happens 
when we come to faith in Jesus Christ. You know, it's funny. We all have different ideas about what's fun, what's not fun, what's good, what's not good, what's enjoyable, what's not enjoyable. The other day, my brother tweeted on, on Twitter. Here's what he said. He was playing with my little niece, and she was getting too rowdy, and he was trying to get her to be good, you know. So he said, L. Bradley Pruitt, if you don't behave, I'm going to melt all the ice cream on earth. That's pretty, pretty rough, isn't it? Well, she looked at him and said, really? I love milkshakes. <laughs> so, like, in that, in that instant, like, her idea of what's good and his idea of what's good were just totally mixed up, right? And because we're kind of halfway living in this heavenly reality and halfway living in this earthly reality, we kind of find ourselves fussing over ice cream and milkshakes, don't we? We find ourselves like, I want to do what God wants me to do, but man, I sure do want to do what I want to do. I want to give sacrificially to the church, but man, I sure do want that bass boat. I want to be at church. I want to be a part of a body of Christ. But man, I sure do have some sleeping to do on Sunday mornings. I, I really, really, really want to love this person who's hard to love. But man, I sure do want to stick a fist in their mouth. You know, all these, we have both worlds fighting within us. If you can't say amen, you ought to say uh-oh. Are you with me? Say some. Because it's the reality of life that we have a war going on inside of us. But because we've been raised with Christ, there are some things that we need to take from the got-to category and put them in the get-to category. The first one's this. We need to take God's Word. If you've been raised with Christ, you need to take God's Word, spending time in God's Word, studying God's Word, bringing your life into alignment with God's Word from the got-to category to the get-to category. The fact is that those of us who don't know Jesus, we might not even know it, but our whole being fights against God's Word. You might not even recognize that happening in your life if you don't know Jesus yet. But everything about you fights against being obedient to God's Word. When you hear it, you just don't want to do it. And even when you do, it's a halfway obedience because it doesn't include loving the Creator with your whole heart. And that's what God's Word hinges on. So until we come into a relationship with Jesus, we have a halfway obedience at best to God's Word. We've got to move it to the get-to category if we're in Christ. Next thing is the church. And I drew a building because I want to make the point that the church is not a building. The church is God's people. And if, if, if you're in Christ, if you've been made alive, then you've got to take God's people being a part of the family of God from the got-to category to the get-to category. It's got to become something that you do from your whole heart. The fact is, Jesus died for the church. Jesus' bride is the church. And there are a lot of people who say that they love Jesus, but they don't like his middle management on on earth, you know, and it's true that we're humans and we're going to make a lot of mistakes. And I could tell you a lot of reasons not to like me, for instance. But if you're in Christ, the church is his bride. And there's no such thing as someone who loves God who doesn't love the church. 
You can search high and low in Scripture for that, and you won't find it. So we have to take the church, loving the church, from the got-to category to the get-to category. The third thing is this. If you're in Christ, love has to go from the got-to category to the get-to category. And, And when I say love, I mean love for your neighbor, and I mean love for God. And here's the thing about that. We are part of a family that was created because of the breaking of the body of Christ. Think about that for a second. We are a family that is the result of Jesus Christ's body being broken. When Jesus' body was broken, here's what happened. You know what else was broken? The barrier between different kinds of people was broken. That means there's no barrier between those who are in Christ and those... There's no, pardon me, there's no barrier between those who are of one race or another. There's no barrier between those who are rich and those who are poor. There's no barrier between those who you get along with well and yourself. And there's no barrier between man and God if you believe in Jesus Christ. That's what happened when Jesus' body was torn. All those barriers were broken. So we've got to take loving other people and move it from God to over to get to. And here's the here's the real here's the real kicker, guys. If you find that God's word is still a got to for you, if you find that loving the church is still a got to for you, and if you find that loving other people, loving God is still a got to for you, then you need to consider the possibility that you have not been raised with Christ. You need to consider the possibility that you have not been made alive in Jesus Christ. Because the new heart that He gives us when we believe in Him is equipped to do those things. It's pre-programmed to love His Word. It's pre-programmed to love His church. And it's pre-programmed to love Him. The good news is that it's never too late as long as you're on this earth, to place your faith in Jesus. So I want to offer you that opportunity tonight. Whether you're a parent who's come to VBS with your kid, maybe God has brought you here for the purpose that you could realize you need to begin a relationship with Him. Maybe you're someone who's gone to church your whole life, and it's just now dawning on you what it really means to be made alive in Jesus. Maybe you're someone, one of the kids that's been at VBS this week, and you're just ready to let folks here know that you want to start a relationship with Jesus. Whatever the case may be, I want to pray for us. I want to ask Jeff to come and just, just drum her for just a minute. Um, and I want to give you the opportunity to respond. You guys pray with me. Lord God, I thank you for bringing us here. I thank you that because of what Jesus did on the cross, you hear our prayers. And I thank you that we can know that you love us because you've done everything necessary for us to have a relationship with you. So I pray tonight that if there's anybody here who doesn't yet know you, anybody here who has not yet been made alive in Christ Jesus, I pray that your gospel, the truth that Jesus Christ died for the sins of all who believe, the fact that Jesus Christ can make us alive when we place our faith in him, God, I pray that that truth 
would make alive those who are dead. And it would create faith inside hearts where it does not yet exist. We love you and we trust you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.